Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello everybody and welcome along to this episode of the La Liga Lowdown podcast. As always, I'm your host, Hugh McTeer, and in this episode, I'll be joined by 20 different guests. Yes, 20 different contributors coming up. That's because as we release this episode on Friday, June 5th, there are just six days to go until the resumption of the 2019-20 La Liga season. And we're going to be hearing from one fan in English from each of the 20 teams in Spain's top division about how the season has gone for their side so far and about their hopes and expectations and worries for the final 11 rounds of the campaign. At La Liga Lowdown, we've always been all about the fans and the local experts. You see, I live in Madrid and I'm never going to pretend to you that I know 100% the idiosyncrasies of the day-to-day life of Real Betis or the most up-to-date word in the street in Mallorca or the local rumours around Vigo. So that's why every week we call up fans and journalists and locals to hear exactly what's going on in each region and at each club. And in this episode, we'll hear from 20 fans. I asked all 20 of these fans the same question. It was very simple. I asked, how has your team season been so far and what are your hopes and expectations for the final 11 matches? Each supporter gave a summary of a couple of minutes, so let's get to it. We'll go through the 20 teams based on the order of the current La Liga Santander table, going from bottom to top. So, sorry to Jeff Gillingham, a season ticket holder at the RCDE Stadium, because that means your 20th placed Espanyol are up first. To be honest, this season has been dreadful for us. Obviously, um, we're bottom of the table and are on to our third coach of the season. So it's not exactly a sign of, that things have gone well. At least before the break, we're starting to pick up a bit of momentum, mainly with RDT banging in the goals. I don't know, I sort of think this this break now might have come at a good time for us because it allows the players to clear their heads and, I don't know, just sort of think about the remainder of the season without having the pressure of fans in stadiums as well because I think that was affecting a few of the players um, you sort of hear a few whistles or murmurs at home um, so I actually think with there being 11 match days left and games in such a short period of time we might actually be able to pick up quite a bit of momentum and quite easily survive but it could also go the other way and we lose the first couple of games and all of a sudden the gap between ourselves and whoever's in 17th just grows and grows and things get gloomier and gloomier. But for me, I'm optimistic that we're going to stay up. Perhaps I'm deluded. Who knows? Thanks, Jeff, for that update and that perhaps delusional optimism. We now move on to 19th place Leganes and their Leganes fan coming up after the club hymn is Antia Andre, who also feels quite optimistic and mostly because of the new coach, Javier Aguirre.
Leganes season has been quite irregular and it happened like everything that could have happened. The season started really badly. They lost the first games. They lost the derby to nil at the Coliseum. The team looked like they were straight to the second division. Then it changed a little when Aguirre arrived after three matches, I think, with Luis Tembranos. And then Aguirre absolutely changed the way of work and, more important, the mentality. Suddenly, when it seemed that everything was going back to his places, uh, Nesiri and Braithwaite left the club. And that was quite controversial because Leganes could not imagine that someone would be interested in players from the bottom team. Also, Leganes could not sign any players. And that was not fair, I think, but... Those were the rules. And despite all those setbacks, the team seemed to have regained faith. But now the last victory against Villarreal, it seems that it was a long time ago. Now with all the virus situation, in general, the players have been really disciplined. The time they have been isolated, training at home. And that is a point that can make a difference, I think. Next match is going to be the most important, essential. First, to evaluate how is the team. And second, because uh, Valladolid is a direct rival. In the first leg, they tied 2-2. Two, two, so we will see how the team have changed of the or if they remain the same I don't know and also next match is against Barca but now they have to think only in Valladolid um, Leganes has right now that really complicated reality and you can see the situation from two perspectives they are penultimate or they need three points to get out of that position but the truth is that Leganes have tried everything but their efforts have not been enough but one thing is absolutely true I think and without any doubt is that if there is someone who can save the team is Aguirre Thank you Antia for that update on Leganes. Now we'll hear from Alex Fitzpatrick who lives on the island of Mallorca and who is a fan of the third team stuck in the relegation places, Real Mallorca Two promotions in two seasons meant that much of the squad was still that of the Segunda Bay and promotion in the playoffs meant that there was less time to prepare for the La Liga season than any other club. Add to that the fact that they have the smallest budget in the division. What you can say is that their away form has been disappointing, but even that going into the last couple of games away from home before the suspension of the season took an upward turn, an away draw at Real Betis, and then a victory over relegation rivals Eibar. The hopes for the rest of the season is one thing and one thing only, and that is 17th position or better, and survival in La Liga. Whether they can do it or not, I think the odds are now more against them than they were before the coronavirus suspension, due to the fact that their squad is smaller, and teams can now have five substitutions in the game, and of course, with a three-day turnaround it doesn't give the players much time to rest. The small squad is going to be severely stretched. But any kind of survival would be the one and only result that Mallorca are looking for. Thanks, Alex. So, strangely, there's been quite a bit of optimism from the fans of the sides currently in the relegation zone. Let's find out what the mood is amongst fans now of the team hovering just above the relegation zone. That team is Celta Vigo, and Ian Morris of the Celta USA Twitter account is going to provide an update on them. So, Celta's 2019-20 season hasn't quite gone to plan. After a much ballyhooed summer of 2019 in which the club added big-name signings such as Denis Suarez and De Santimina, along with Rafinha, who has come over on loan, uh, the team has struggled to produce goals, which led to the firing of, of the coach who started out the season with the club, uh, Fran Escrivá. 
Um, uh, new boss Oscar Garcia was brought in uh, in November, in early November, and the team's ship has been steadied since his arrival, but has still struggled to produce the offensive production that many thought the team would have, considering that it has options on offense like the like the aforementioned signings as well as Iago Aspas. However, uh, since the midway part of the season, the team has um, really become quite solid, especially defensively. Uh, they've gotten some impressive points like um, draws at the Bernabeu against Getafe. And also they've gotten some uh, crucial wins like, like a big victory at home against Sevilla, which has put them just outside the relegation zone. Um, I certainly hope and expect Celta to do enough to stay in uh, the first division next season. Um, they don't have an easy calendar, especially with uh, two of their six remaining home games being against Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. But I'm hoping that after, after this time off, the team will have had some time to recover from some nagging injuries that guys like Santi Mina and Denis Suarez have been dealing with. And hopefully um, put together a good campaign and score enough goals to not stress us too much and, of course, stay up in the league. Thanks to Ian there of the Celta USA account for that update. Moving up the table now, we come to 16th place and that club is Ibar. We're going to hear from Ibar fan and shareholder Jonathan Fritsch, who actually proposed to his now wife on the pitch of Iparua Stadium. That's a pretty cool fan story, if you ask me. So, after dipping into the Ibar club him quickly, we're going to hear from Jonathan about Ibar season. I think the theme so far for Abar's season, uh, fortunately, is inconsistency. They haven't been able to put together more than two wins in a row uh, this year. They do have some solid wins against teams like Sevilla and Atletico Madrid. However, they have uh, quite a few losses against some lesser teams. Actually, against the bottom three teams in the table right now, they only have one win and three losses. So as, as we kind of get ready here to restart this season, um, I think the team has a couple of concerns. Obviously, one, the safety of the players and their families going forward during these times. Um, and obviously, second to that is, you know, trying to secure that spot in the top tier for next season. I, I think the theme going forward, unfortunately, is uncertainty. Uh, they've got a handful of players with contracts that end at the end of June. Um, two of those players, um, Charles and uh, Oriana, are their two leading goal scorers. And it's to be seen if they will even be here after that June 30th deadline. So uh, either way, they still have 11 matches left to have to play. Uh, six away, five at home at the comfy confines of uh, Iparoa, which they actually have six of their seven wins this year. Now it's, it's to be seen if there will be any home advantage going forward, obviously with no fans in the stands. Uh, I think the final stretch of the season does set up nicely in theory. Three out of their final four games are matches against teams currently sitting at the bottom of the table. However, they have struggled with those teams in the past, so we'll see. But at the end, you know, it'll be these matches that kind of decide if they do secure that spot in the top tier next season. Thanks, Jonathan. So that was our update on Ibar and the concerns they have going into the final stretch of the campaign. Up next, we've got Real Valladolid, currently 15th in the standings. To talk us through their campaign, Martin Devlin, the man behind the Pusella Escoffia fan group, is coming up next. Before a ball had been kicked in the 2019-20 campaign, Real Valladolid's season had already been painted as another battle for survival, as the project, led by club president Ronaldo Nazario, aimed to cement a further year in the top division and allow the slow-growing project to gather momentum. This season has lived up to those expectations and has been a tame affair up to this point, and there are two reasons for this. Firstly, they have the joint second highest number of draws in the league, level with Celta Vigo in 11 and one behind Atletico Madrid. 
Secondly, their lack of firepower has yielded just 22 goals, equal to that of bottom side Espanyol, with only Celta and upcoming opponents Leganes having less. There were some good moments early in the season, most notably an opening day win at Real Betis, being followed up by a late goal at the Santiago Bernabeu to snatch an unlikely point against Real Madrid. On the other hand, there was the 5-1 mauling at the hands of Barcelona, conceding a goal with a last kick to see a potential shock win over Valencia wiped out, and the last match before the league hiatus saw them succumb 4-1 at home to Athletic Club in round 27. However, there are reasons to be optimistic for their survival chances if you make comparisons to last season, where the team clinched safety from relegation in the penultimate match. They are one place higher than they were at this point in the last campaign, and three points better off. They have improved in the majority of statistical categories and are four points above the relegation zone. Interestingly, they lost 4-1 at home in round 27 last year as well, to Real Madrid, but then went on to close out the season with only four defeats in their final 11 matches to see them beat the drop. It won't be easy though, as teams like Atleti, Getafe, Sevilla, Valencia and Barcelona await the Blanca Violetas, so they will need to be at their sharpest if they want to be playing top flight football again next year. Interesting stuff there. Thank you, Martin. Next up, it's 14th placed Alaves. Rob Hextel lives in the city of Victoria, where Alaves play, and he's coming up to share his thoughts next. How are things shaping up for Alaves? Well, after doing their homework over the winter transfer window and starting off 2020 with a good run of results, 13 points in nine games, it's up to Alaves to continue piling on the points in the first four games against Espanyol, La Real, Celta and Osasuna. And that will mean they'll be able to settle any remaining nerves about staying up for a fourth season and so start planning for a joint record fifth successive season in the top flight. A poor start to the season had seen Asier Garitano fear for his job, but things slowly came together, and at the time of the lockdown, Alaves were in a relatively comfortable 14th place with 32 points, with a cushion of seven above relegation. But only nine of those 32 points have come away from home, and only two victories. So perhaps playing behind closed doors... Could be a bonus here, provided, of course, that the fortress-like qualities of Mendizorotha don't melt away at the same time. Next weekend's first game away to Espanyol is a great opportunity to get some points in the bag. Garitana has a small headache up front, where Lucas Perez and Joselu have formed a cracking partnership with 20 goals in 27 games, only bettered by Messi and Suarez. Unfortunately, Joselu has picked up his fifth yellow card in the last game against Valencia, so he's suspended, but the good news is that Tomas Pino is back in training and ready to play after fracturing his fibula in December. The second and fourth games should have been fan-fusing fiestas against Basque rivals, uh, Champions League chasing La Real and direct rivals for staying up Osasuna. Despite being more watered-down affairs for the fans, they haven't lost any of their importance, and picking up points there and something off Celta in between would be the perfect way to approach the last seven games in a calm and collected manner. Fans will want to get things wrapped up by the time they visit Valladolid, because the last four games are absolute crackers, against Real Madrid and Betis away, with Getafe and Barca at home. If the team get off to a good start then the fans are going to be able to enjoy a relatively relaxed running against some great teams. Get off to a bad start, and it's going to be a nail-biting finish. Thanks, Rob. It could be nail-biting indeed. Every team that's in the bottom half of the table is still kind of in the relegation battle. It's certainly not over yet. So let's hear what the feeling is like at another bottom half side. Let's hear about the situation at 13th-placed Levante from Valencia-based Norwegian journalist Pal Odegaard. He's also going to tell us about their extra unique circumstances for their remaining home games. Well, I'm fairly optimistic about Levante's uh, 
remaining season. Uh, not that it's very exciting, because it's the same old story. They have to survive. Uh, now they're eight points above the relegation zone, uh, which is quite safe. So they need about nine, ten points more, which is perfectly doable. However, uh, they will not really play at home. Uh, of course, there will be any spectators. Uh, but also they are uh, doing a facelift on the stadium, so they will play in Alicante and they have some tough opposition at home. But uh, I believe uh, this special situation or uh, spectators can play to their advantage uh, playing away. Because there they will meet uh, a bit weaker opposition, but uh, again, uh, Levante has to be careful because uh, most of the teams they, they will meet, they, they have a lot to play for, either at the top of the table or at the bottom. So hopefully Levante can uh, avoid the latter and uh, climb to have some something to play for on the top, but uh, that's mostly likely. It should be uh, a mid-table position, where they are now, more or less, and which will give them time to prepare for the next season. Thank you, pal, for that. Moving onwards and upwards now, we'll hear next from a fan of 12th-placed Real Betis. So let's hear from David Whitworth, who works in Seville with Radio Betis. Well, life for Real Betis this season so far has just been like Ronan Keating's track. A roller coaster ride full of many ups, like the win against Real Madrid last time out, Joaquin's sublime hat-trick and the late win against Valencia. But then again, there's been the lows in the relegation places early on, defeat to Sevilla in the derby and a run of only one win in eight games. Defensively, Betis have been porous, but offensively, we have had joy with the likes of the evergreen Joaquin, with his best total of eight goals in years, and the form of maverick Nabil Fakir. 12th place simply isn't good enough for an expensively formed team with aspirations of the Europa League. We really have to hit the ground running, starting with the showpiece Siviano Derby next week to have any chance of European football. It's been a frustrating first 27 matches, but we hope this new mini-season gives us the key of consistency in the final sprint. Thank you, David. And as David mentioned, of course, Betis are taking part in the comeback match, the Sevilla versus Betis derby. We'll hear all about their city rivals a little later since they're further up the table. For now, we're going to hear from Osasuna fan and journalist Ignacy Tornay because it's Osasuna who are currently in 11th. Basically, we know that the history of Osasuna is always struggling, so we know that uh, a point for us is gold, and at the end of the season it can make the difference. However, this season for Osasuna has been pretty good, with uh, an electric um, style, uh, very aggressive uh, football, and also with a pass combinating idea from Yago Barrasate that the football players have integrated and have displayed on the pitch, especially in the home games. So, um, if there is one figure that um, unites those values and those characteristics, is Chimi Avila. Um, not because how he understands the game and 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 the life, um, it's the it's about passion and being aggressive on onto the pitch, and um, struggling for each ball. So uh, the return of Chimi can be a key fact for Sasuna. If there is a weak point for for Rojillos, it's the lack of public and um, play without public and fans that this is not the best scenario for the team. However, we understand that the aim 
for this season is to stay in Primera División because next season we want to celebrate um, our centenary year with a new Sadar and with all the fans and in Primera División that must be a very special season for us so with those clear ideas um, the style of Iago Barrasate and key players like Rubén García, Stupiñán or or the captains of year and Roberto Torres um, they must be the key elements for Osasuna to stay in Primera División and face in the best way the upcoming games Yes, I totally agree with Ignacy there about how tough it will be for Osasuna without their home fans they've been so good at home recently but in 11th place and on 34 points 9 above the drop zone you've got to think Osasuna will be safe we're going to take a short pause here, but after this break, we'll be back and we'll start looking at the top half of the table. So stay tuned. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome back to this episode of La Liga Lowdown coming out a week before the restart of La Liga and featuring one fan for every one of the 20 teams in Spain's top division. We've heard from fans at the bottom 10 teams in part one, now we're on to the top half of the table and we start with 10th placed Athletic Club. Dan Parry is a season ticket holder at San Mames and his views from Bilbao are coming up just after the club hymn. Athletic season had been very much a mixed bag before the suspension of La Liga. Uh, at the moment, you know, we're 10th, five points off seventh place. We had a couple of terrible runs of form where we basically couldn't pick up points at all, especially from December until March. But things had been starting to look up. We were picking up some, some momentum, some much needed momentum, obviously reaching the final of the Copa del Rey. The last game before the the suspension of the league, we beat by the Lid 4-1 away from home, which is actually the biggest victory at Athletic since Balberde was the manager. So really the suspension of the league came at the worst time for us. Gaiske Garitano has come out and said that the goal now is to make a big push towards seventh place, especially as it seems as though UEFA are not going to uh, allow us an automatic space in Europa League for being one of the finalists in this year's Copa del Rey. So that's very much the objective to get towards seventh place. Like I said, we're five points off at the moment, 
but a win against Atletico could really see us back within contention. We don't have as much strength in depth as other sides, uh, but we do have a really strong academy, so that could be useful if any younger players have to be called upon in case of injuries. And the other thing that we have in our favour is team cohesion, because obviously a lot of Athletics players have been playing together for a long time since a young age, so they know each other quite well, which might help if we have to make unusual combinations for the sake of injuries or resting other players, etc. Uh, but yeah, the goal is hopefully we can get towards seventh place and get into the Europa League for next season. Thank you, Dan, for that update on Athletic Club. Next up, we're going to hear from Heath Chesters to hear all about how newly promoted Granada's season has been going. The fact they're in ninth is a bit of a hint that it's been going pretty well. Right at the start of the season, I remember everybody was predicting Granada for relegation. That ain't happening. Uh, Granada, with 11 games to go, are still in with a very good shout of qualifying for Europe. Just four points behind Valencia for the last of the Europa League spots, there's every chance that Granada could clinch it, looking at the remaining games. And fingers crossed they can do it because it would be an absolutely phenomenal achievement for this club because they've never played in European competition before. And that's going to be the incentive for Granada to keep performing as well as they performed all the way through the season. Uh, There's been some spectacular results. There's been some phenomenal performances, uh, both collectively and individually. Uh, You've got players like Roy Silver in goal, who've come to the fore, Domingos Duarte, who's made his way into the Portugal squad this season, fruit of his performances at Granada. You've got exceptional displays from Yangel Herrera, Fede Vico, Darwin Matches, Carlos Fernandes, um, and as well as that, you've got the leadership of the old campaigner himself, Roberto Solado. So hopefully this collective can, can keep producing their inspirational results, keep battling, keep going with the Eterna Lucha, and maybe just clinch that last Europa League spot. Vamos mi Granada! Thanks, Heath, for the update there on Granada. Now, let's talk about 8th-placed Villarreal, and we'll do so with one of the people behind the Villarreal USA SB Nation site. So let's bring in Alan Dodson, who's coming up after this music. Well, this season has been frustrating. Um, I think going into it, we felt we had a team that should definitely qualify for Europe, maybe be in the Champions League fight, and we haven't really done that. Still really not sure if the problem is a fundamental imbalance in the side in terms of signings and so forth, or whether we simply don't have the coaching new to get it done. Um, So that's how it's been so far. How I think the next 11 games will go, I think the first two will really be key because if we don't come out with wins against Celta and Mallorca, or I would say at least four points from the six, but ideally six of six, I think it's going to be hard for us to catch up with the teams ahead of us. So if we don't do well there, I think the I think the season may sort of dwindle out into a mid-table finish. Obviously, that's not what I'm hoping for. It's hard to know how we'll actually do because we have, on the one hand, um, we do have some young players. We have a, a bunch of Cantera players we can use. On the other hand, some of our um, team is older. I mean, Santi Cazorla, for example, you would have to think it's not going to be able to play every three days. So I don't know. I mean, I, I frankly suspect that most teams in our position probably aren't going to see the table change very much over the next 
10, 11 matches. I think it's the teams at the bottom that are going to really be struggling and going to be trying to, we might see some change there. Thanks, Alan, for providing the lowdown on Villarreal's season. Next up, we're talking about 7th place, which, as Dan mentioned earlier, is likely to be a Europa League place at the end of the season. Currently, it's occupied by Valencia, who came into the season even a bit higher than 7th. To find out more, let's hear from Valencia fan Astori Cerobrini. The summer was pretty disappointing. Uh, we saw a lot of infighting. There were rumors of all sorts of things, and our transfer activity was pretty disappointing. We had um, Peter Lim and Anil Mathi on one side. We had Matteo Alimani and Marcelino on the other side, and unfortunately, they couldn't find a middle ground. And I found that very disappointing. It was like they prioritized their egos over the good of the club, and that that's why I felt very disappointed. I feel like everyone of those men has to take some responsibility responsibility for how our season has turned out. Um, obviously, that passed and the new season came and we thought, okay, that was over. And unfortunately, it wasn't. Before we knew it, Marcelino was out of a job. Saladios was coming in. The fans were angry. The players were were angry and ranting everywhere and refusing to you know, give press conferences. And it was all very disappointing in, in the grand scheme of things because I felt like we were in a position to really step into the next level. But unfortunately, we've taken some steps back. Now, the season hasn't always been rosy. In fact, I think we just had maybe two months, two months between November and January where things looked really good and the team looked very good. But unfortunately, after that, it hasn't looked as well. January till now has been, or January till football stopped has been very, very disappointing. We had that also disappointing um, Champions League tie against Atalanta where we were absolutely destroyed. And also, um, we've had a lot of injuries, over 30 injuries this season. So it's been a pretty disappointing season. I kind of gave up on Champions League football a while back. But I think um, I'm going to try to remain optimistic because, first of all, many of our injured, injured players are back. And also, last season, we got Champions League football in the 37th and 38th week. So anything is possible as far as we are still mathematically in it. So I think we can do it. We have our boys back. Some optimism there from Cerro Brenny. Thanks for that update about what has been a crazy, truly crazy Valencia season. I don't think I could have condensed it all into two minutes, so thank you for managing it. Climbing up one more spot in the table, we've now got the team in sixth place, and it's Atletico Madrid. They're also surely a team that would expect to be higher. So here's Jeremy Barron of the SB Nation Into the Calderon website to explain. How has Atletico Madrid's season been so far? Whew, that's a toughie. This is an Atletico side that has shown itself as incapable of beating bottom side Espanyol away from home. And then they go right ahead, beat world champions Liverpool home and away to advance to a Champions League quarterfinal for the fifth time in seven years. It has been a bit of a roller coaster, um, a mostly boring roller coaster as this team uh, is hurtling toward the club record for draws in the season and has struggled mightily to score goals. But there have been some positives in what Diego Simeone has called this transitional, this rebuilding year, the new guard, as it were, replacing the old. Uh, Angel Correa has emerged as this team's leading light in attack, taking over from Antoine Griezmann. Felipe Montero has proven himself as this team's best signing in a very, uh, from a very expensive summer window, taking over Diego Godin's uh, leadership reins uh, on the back line. Kieran Trippier, Renan Logie on either flank, both having impressive debut seasons, although Logie has had his problems defensively. So those are, are the positives, and Atletico are just one point off fourth place. That's one of my expectations, uh, being Atletico finishing in the top four. I believe it will happen with 11 rounds to go. My hope is that Zhao Felix recovers from injury, finds form like he did last spring at Benfica and helps carry this team into the top four and 
perhaps closer to Champions League glory? At long last, you never know. Thanks, Jeremy. A really hot and cold season from Atletico Madrid so far. But for Nick's team, though, there's no doubts about it. For fifth place to Taffy, this has been an incredible year so far, reaching the Europa League last 16 by knocking out Ajax and sitting fifth in La Liga when the coronavirus brought about the league suspension. To find out more about the mood at Hitafi, here's Fran Ibora, a Hitafi fan, journalist, and author of a Hitafi book, Sueños de Primera, or Dreams of the First Division in English. After the Hitafi hymn, here's Fran. Well, from Getafe, the season has been unbelievable, uh, awesome, one of our best uh, seasons uh, in our history. But, uh, well, nowadays, um, with all the things that ha- that has happened uh, in the last two months, um, well, the situation is very, very difficult for... We understand that it's for all the, all the teams, but... Uh, two months with all the players that some of them are um, more than 30 years old uh, could be very difficult to restart and get in a um, short period of time in two or three weeks the, um, the best uh, of, of them and with games in four or five days with uh, four or five days of difference between each game uh, we think could be very difficult but the team uh, as we can see in the in the media, um, then the players are answering that the that the team is, is answering very very well to the first uh, group training. So uh, we we think that we have uh, a great team and we are going to we have um, a lot to to say in the last uh, in the last games that are remaining. Thanks, Fran, for the update there on all things Hatafi. It's true, an agent squad could be a problem. The next team, though, have the opposite situation. A very young squad. It's fourth place Real Sociedad up next, and we'll hear from San Sebastian-based Spanish football expert Phil Ball, author of the classic book, Morbo. It's been fantastic. Uh, we're in fourth position just before the uh, restart of the La Liga and uh, I fully expect them to be there when it finishes. They could even be third. Um, for me, it's the best squad in La Liga. It's certainly the most entertaining squad in La Liga. Uh, pound for pound, player for player. The only problem is, of course, it's also the youngest squad in La Liga uh, in terms of, uh, of average turnout. And so, obviously, that's going to have an effect on this run-in. Um, I think that what's going to happen with Real is that the first four games that they've got, Osasuna at home, Alaves away, Real Madrid at home, Celta at home. If they can do well in those, then they'll be then they'll be fine because then they've got two crucial games coming up. Well, they've got Getafe away. That's the fifth game that they play, and obviously that's the the crunch game. Uh, Getafe are just a point behind, and they've been looking good all season in that rather nasty sort of hard cynical way that they approach the game. They beat us in Anoeta. I'm kind of scared of Getafe. Um, I think that that's a crucial match and if they can get those reasonable amount of points from those first four games it's going to be very strange for everybody in those first four games um, then I think they'll, they'll, they can do it they've got Atletico Madrid who are also just below them uh, in the last game of the season away in Madrid uh, but who knows by that time it might be all over it might be all over both of them they might be both in the Champions League I don't particularly see uh, Valencia as a challenger and I don't trust Seville either who are a point above Real Sociedad I think that Real Sociedad are, better, are a much better side than both of them but again they're not as experienced um, the home factor could play in Real's favour uh, they've got six, six of the 11 games at home but of course as people are saying that might not be a huge factor in this running but uh, it's been a great season uh, Mikel Marino for me has been Real Sociedad's best player uh, Igor Sibeldia, Subeldia as well um, the defensive midfielder uh, Martin Odegaard obviously and, um, and others 
could go on to mention them for for hours. Really, it's been it's been fantastic, and I really enjoyed it. Well, I think we can safely say that Phil has been one of the happiest fans we've heard so far, and with good reason. Mel Sophie Dad really have been excellent. So thanks, Phil, for telling us all about this special squad. We now reach third place, and that team is Sevilla. So let's bring in Chris Lale of the Monchi's Men Twitter account. Here's Chris's thoughts coming up. What a strange season for Sevilla. A season that would have seen us finish third if the league had not resumed. We started the season with 15 new faces as Monty did a lot of negotiating in the summer. Sevilla also saw some of our stars from 2019 leave the team. Star striker Wissam Ben Yedder and Pablo Sarabia went off to France and Quincy Proms became a star at Ajax. The team started well and was leading the league heading into their clash with Real Madrid at the end of September. However, Sevilla struggled to score goals, scoring more than two goals in a game only nine times a season and faced some really bad losses that had the fans calling for Lopetegui to be removed from his post. Let's fast forward to February, where Sevilla found themselves riding the ship with a 3-0 away victory at Getafe, zooming them back into third place in the league. Now we resume the season after a three-month delay, starting with the derby against our fierce rivals, Real Betis, who Sevilla beat in the first fixture in November. The last 11 games will be challenging as we have home games with Barcelona, a trip to Bilbao and San Sebastian, and we finish at home with Valencia. For Sevilla to stay in third, they will need to keep their fullbacks healthy and fresh as they have contributed to a third of Sevilla's assists this season. Further, the team will need De Jong and Nazari to help Ocampo score some goals. Without Daniel Carrizo, can Sergio Gomez, Diego Carlos, and Jules Conde be enough in the back to keep up with our fifth best defensive record? Myself and the guys at Monty's Men believe that we can hang on and we will be enjoying Champions League football once again. Thanks, Chris. Some more optimism there at Sevilla. And as I've mentioned a couple of times now, it's Sevilla versus Betis for that comeback game on Thursday. We'll all be tuning in to that one. But now we've reached the top two, Real Madrid and Barcelona. And since we're going in the order of the table from bottom to top, we'll be starting with Real Madrid as they just surrendered the lead just before the break. They're another team who won't be playing at their normal stadium. They won't be playing at the Bernabeu instead. They'll be at Val de Bevas at the Estadio Alfredo de Stefano. To tell us what Real Madrid's season has been like so far, here's Maria Garcia Meyacid, president of the South Florida Madrid Supporters Club. Here's Maria's take coming up. La Liga is finally getting ready to restart, and as a Real Madrid supporter, um, my only hope, my one hope, my biggest hope, is that they come ready to play. Why do I say this? Real Madrid has a knack, let's say it, for starting seasons uh, slow and gradually uh, building up to top form, so where they finish strong. The difference is, is that currently there's only 11 games left and there is no time to pick up the form, right? So I think that the break has been very long and evidently um, all the teams involved are not going to come back in tip-top shape. But I think that every point lost um, is going to have a, a huge impact, you know. Overall, with the season, Real Madrid had had a lot of ups and downs, uh, moments where I thought they were doing really well, and then moments where they could barely score a goal, um, even after, you know, many, many chances. So I hope that now with Hazard being back, Asensio being back, that they're able to materialize their their opportunities and, and really get it going, you know, we... We finished the, the last couple games right on top after beating Barcelona, and then we crashed when we played Betis. So I'm hoping for consistency. Consistency is what I'm hoping 
for. Um, I see that Messi is, is injured or he has some kind of issue with his calf. Um, I find it rather interesting because they hadn't played in, in three months and so maybe Barcelona is, uh, they're, they're training too hard or I don't know. So let's see how they all come back. Uh, with regards to injuries, I hope to keep them at a minimum. Real Madrid um, tends to have a lot of muscle injuries. Um, so I hope that the medical team is, is really designing personalized uh, workouts for them so that now that they're going to have to play every two to three days for the next four weeks, uh, we have the least amount of injuries. So um, can't wait to see them uh, play again after such a long break. And with this, I say hi all the way from South Florida and a la Madrid. Thank you, Maria. Love the enthusiasm. We now finish this podcast off with the 20th of our 20 fans. We're going to be hearing from La Liga Lowdown's Barcelona fan and expert, Roman de Arcaire. He's going to tell us all about the current league leaders. I can't say it's been a bad season for Barcelona because they're still in the Champions League. Um, They're first in La Liga, you know, so there's still a lot of titles to fight for. But it's definitely been an awkward one. Uh, I think we can agree on that. First of all, the way the team has been playing, um, their performances have been quite average or even mediocre, we could say, except for a bunch of games where Barca have played, actually proper football but from a squad like that you just expect more consistency then there was the change of manager halfway through the season where the timing possibly wasn't optimal and finally there have been these beefs between um, Barca directives and the players with Messi speaking out on social media then there was a problem with uh, the the striker uh, transfer in the winter market and these are just a few examples you know what's been going on here at Can Barca so it's been one of these I don't know awkward uh, half bad season so far and what do I expect well it's there's a lot of question marks uh, that's obvious um, we don't know how the players are going to be in terms of the physical condition have they had enough time to get back to their peak level then it's true that uh, with Kike Setien now he's had time to actually maybe teach players his ideas his concepts what he wants uh, from them and so they've been able to practice this um, more individually than in group but at least it's better than nothing I guess and then of course there's the thing with the fans which aren't going to be there so it's going to be interesting to see how Barca react in home games where you know they're um, under a struggles or in a delicate or complicated situation so I honestly think it's still going to be a difficult end of a season for Barca they're not going to you know win all the games I think they're going to have a lot of struggles as they've had along the year and it's going to be a close fight with Real Madrid and I think it's just going to come down to a few points uh, difference between both clubs but hopefully in the end Barca will pull through and manage that uh, Liga title Thank you Roman for that our final fan preview out of 20 and thanks to all our guests in this podcast we really do appreciate you taking the time to tell us about your team and to get your story across so thank you to Jeff Gillingham, Antia Andre, Alex Fitzpatrick, Ian Morris, Jonathan Fritch, Martin Devlin, Rob Hextall, Pal Odegaard, David Whitworth, Ignacy Tournay, Dan Parry, Heath Chesters, Alan Dodson, Astori Cerebroni, Jeremy Berrin, Fran Ibora, Phil Ball, Chris Lale, Maria Garcia Mayacid, and Roman de Arcare. Every one of our fan contributors who is on Twitter, you can find their handle in the description of this podcast. I've been your host, Hugh McTeer, and a reminder that you can also, of course, follow La Liga Lowdown if you're not already, and check out LaLigaLowdown.com, where we'll have lots more preview content ahead of the return of La Liga. We'll also have another preview podcast coming out early next week. So please check that out. For now, many thanks to you for listening. <laughs>